This is exciting. I've been working with with Heroes Hockey Program for the last number of years and really stoked to talk to you guys about, you know, what Heroes is all about. And it's interesting, the podcast I do is normally focused on customer experience. I think Heroes has a really cool take on on who your customers are and the customer experience you drive. So Heroes is short for Hockey Education Reaching Out Society. And it's a volunteer-driven charity that uses the game of hockey to teach real-life skills to kids in those marginalized communities. Tell us a bit more of your journey, how you got to this whole concept of Heroes Hockey and, and why it's such an important cause to you guys. Well, Scott, it's, Heroes literally started 21 years ago uh, just as an idea. We thought we'd uh, help kids in the downtown east side get off the street, put them on the ice, surround them with really positive role models. And literally fast forward 21 years later, we're working with 28 programs in 12 cities across Canada. And it's all through the game of hockey that we're able to give these kids and provide these kids with life opportunities. It's just, it's really been a profound uh, 21 years that has just been changing. We've got great volunteers. We've got really engaged volunteers. Uh, but I think more importantly, we really have got engaged, inspired kids, young youth, who really want to play the game, but don't want to take it to the NHL level, but they really want to use hockey as sort of a springboard to success in their life and also to make new friends. You know, and Scott, I think Norm's uh, soft selling a little bit there. I mean, before Heroes even came about, Norm was Norm was the first Heroes kid in the sense that um, growing up, life wasn't always really easy and needed needed positive role models and positive activities. And so, Hockey was that for him. And, you know, he had that idea of, you know, hockey got him to the Western Hockey League, which got him to university, which got him an education, which if you've got that in your back pocket, you know, create opens up so many more doors. And so he wanted to provide that experience to one other kid one day in his life. And 13,000 kids later, you know, we're still going. So uh, I think the the neat part about us is it's driven by our founders experience and our founders passion and understanding about what it's like to be on the receiving end of, of being taken care of and being supported. And uh, it's just morphed into this thing. And I think that's cool. You know, the other piece of heroes that may or may not have been said is this is a fully subsidized free program for, for kids that are participating. And I think that's, that's the cool thing about it. Hockey's such an expensive sport in so many markets across Canada. That's truly is a free program for, for kids to learn how to play hockey. Um, no which is cool. Has ever handed up a nickel to play ever. That's awesome, and and so I think that's cool. And you know, when you think about community engagement and the tie-in back to customer experience, you know, what is your thought process behind using kind of hockey or sport in general as a medium to uplift communities, and 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 why why ice hockey? So you know, Scott, I think those of us of a certain age. If, you know, if if we needed mentorship, what would happen is somebody would come and they would share the activity with you that they like doing. So, you know, play this one out. If if I was raised by a single mom and my mom thought I needed a big brother, you know, somebody would show up at my door. And if they love playing the guitar, well, guess what I'm doing? I'm playing the guitar with them. And that was seen as mentorship in that time. Um, the reality is that that. You know the, the the best the best thing that we can do to offer success to 
to marginalize young people or, or quite honestly, young people across the board is mentorship from somebody outside of their family units. You know, somebody who, who cares about them, somebody who will learn from, that they can learn from, but will also learn from them that they can have a reciprocal equal relationship with. And to, to have that mentoring outcome, you have to have a shared activity. So the days of, you know, a, an adult sitting down with a kid and saying, if you do this, life will be okay. That that's that's not actually how it works. You have to have something that you can do together. And hockey is hockey is really just that shared activity. Um, truth be told, and and maybe I'm I'm sort of giving a peek behind the curtain. This model that we have would work with checkers. It would work with racquetball. It would work with tiddlywinks. But ho- the one thing about hockey is it's a, something that can unite all of our young people. It, you know, so many of our kids are are newcomers and to Canada are first generation Canadians. Hockey is the game that they equate with something Canadian kids do. Hockey is a game that we've got volunteers in their 70s that are skating with kids who are 10 and 11 years old, right? So it's something that crosses generations. And it's quite frankly, it's just something that's representative of what it means to be a youth in Canada. But I think what that more means is it's a really tangible indicator of belonging. You know, there's no greater way to tell a kid you belong than to put them on the ice with a whole bunch of other kids from different backgrounds and different stories and different experiences and and the thing they have in common is right now is that they're hockey players. And then we build out other things they might have in common. I think just to add to that, Kevin, and that was very well put, is we've got this philosophy of full circle development, Scott. And it's about the experience. And we really promote the experience. It's not a one-time shot. We don't engage a youth. Tell them to come in, try the game, play for a year, and then we disengage them. We engage them for life. And that's the experience that we offer. So we offer educational assistance. We offer first aid programs. We offer vocational opportunities. We offer things that the kids, the youth, might not get a chance to. So we get them on the ice. We engage them with a lot of opportunities and a lot of great mentors as kevin mentioned but we keep them and at the end of the day when they come to the program at the age of eight nine ten we've got we've got we've got heroes that have been with us for 20 years and they're just finishing off their degrees whether it's in medicine whether it's in law whether it's in engineering or whether one of our children or one of our one of our youth wanted to become a baker and as soon as they graduated um their class at SATE, we celebrated their achievement just as much as we celebrated one of our youth getting called in to uh, finish their law degree. So it's it just it's it's it, it's a, it's a long term thinking process, not a short term fix. For sure, and you know, you think about the the exp- norm you're touching on. Just that experience is not just a, a one and done type of deal. It's it is that long-term strategy to make sure kids are in a good spot well after they graduate from the actual hockey program. Uh, so it's a good kind of tie into how do you, how do you really keep that, that kid excited about the program and, and being a long time supporter or, or participant of the program and then hopefully becoming a, a volunteer. Um, so how do you, how do you go about doing this? You know, how do you go about getting, you know, working with different communities and, and getting either the schools or the kids enrolled into something like heroes hockey. Like what's, what's your pitch there? Do you know what the pitch is? The pitch is hockey. 
the pitch is free. <laughs> the communities that we really work with um, don't have a lot of resources. And the schools that we work with actually do get a lot of opportunities. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the opportunities that do come to them are taken away due to lack of funding. And to us, our success is sustainability. So we've been able to create a really great track record. And now we've got these great measurements of success. And so what we've been doing is we basically take those stories to new communities and it's helped us to get in a little easier than coming in fresh because we've got the track record now. I would say the first five years would have been the first troubling years because you really learn by your experiences. I mean, we didn't know why some of the kids were coming in in our after school program and they were just miserable. You couldn't control them. They wouldn't put their skates on. They'd sit on the bench. They'd complain. They'd whine. They would get angry. And it took a teacher volunteer to go, they're hungry. So we started bringing in food. So the kids got a healthy snack before they went on the ice. And I'll tell you one thing, that changed their personality and attitude 100%. So that was a small learning step for us and it, 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 it worked. And so we incorporated it into our programming and that one eliminated that possible disaster that would happen when the kid came in or the, the sugar, the blood sugar level basically drops. So um, from there, we just listened to our volunteers a lot, but more we listened to our heroes and we find out what they need. And we're able to react very quickly to make it a positive experience. I think as well, Scott, one of the things that's really important is, is when we go into these schools or these community service organizations, we, we make it very clear that we want to provide the opportunity to the kids who need it the most. The ones that when they're sitting at the table going, if there was just a place where they could find, where we could find for this, this young person, where they could be accepted for who they are, where that, you know, and this sort of stuff, we're not looking for the high achievers who are, who are succeeding in spite of all the barriers, the really resilient kids, we're looking for the ones that need a place to develop that stuff. And we're looking for the ones that need, they just, they just need something like this. And, but they also need lots of help removing the barriers. Norm mentioned the food. We transport the kids to the rink and back. Like it's, you know, we put the equipment sitting there waiting, as you know, you've, you've pulled the bags out of the storage room and all that stuff. Um, for, for the most marginalized communities, you have to eliminate the barriers. Um, you know, getting to hockey can't be a, a character test. Just surviving for a lot of these families is the character test. So we have to make it a barrier-free experience. And and when you do that, you increase the likelihood that the kids who need it the most are going to be able to be there and that the families who need it the most will be able to support their kids to be there. So, Kevin, that's that's cool when you talk about that that seamless experience or frictionless experience. You know, we look at that from a when we're talking to our customers or to large organizations, the telcos, banks, et cetera, on how do you create that seamless, awesome, localized experience? I think Heroes as a program has done a pretty awesome job at that with, you know, with the schools, with the kids in your program of really removing any barrier to, to entry and participating in the program. The focus of Heroes is all about empowering youth and leveraging sport to provide the kids with, with different developmental opportunities. Understanding the pain points and problems of you know different kids in in the in this age group is pretty tricky. How do you what is the process you have in place to keep them engaged 
within the program for that 60 or 70 minutes that they're on the ice, but also past that, um, what do you do to make sure they're engaged and, and focus on individual needs? I think there's a couple of different things. So before kids even show up the rink, you know, Norm mentioned we have 28 programs across the country. We really have 28 franchises in, in the respect that our, the communities that we serve and the kids that we're serving are very different in each one. So we don't apply a homogenous approach in all 20, 28 of those cities or all 20 of those locations. Um, and we make sure that we recruit the volunteers to match. I mean, the, the volunteers are our secret sauce, I guess is what I'm getting down to. And then when you get to the, the kids' experience, the reality is, is the game of hockey is what brings them in the first week. It's then the responsibility of the people in the rink to keep them coming back. And that's, that's where it comes down to the volunteers. And I've long said that you can teach any good human being to run an ice time, but you can't teach an old school hockey coach to work with our kids. And we, we've, we've got evidence, we've got stories. I've got a great one I could tell you about that. But it's really, it's the people that keep the kids coming back. And we have to remember the kids vote with their feet. They let us know by their attendance whether, they're, whether this is working for them or not. And that's why we go looking for diverse people, diverse backgrounds, diverse stories, diverse experiences. We've, got, we've had volunteers learn to skate who've never skated before and learn to skate with the kids. There's nothing more powerful than a hero's kid teaching an adult how to skate. But we've got volunteers, you've seen it, Scott, who never stepped foot on the ice. We have police officers who come out in full uniform and put skates on. You know, we've had it where kid was skating around with a police officer and looks up and says, weren't you at my house last night? And he was there in a professional capacity to deal with the family in a very different way than he was dealing with the kid that day. And that broke down a barrier for that kid. So it's the, the kid's experience is really tied to the people that they spend the time with. And, and so we, we invest a lot of time in looking for those right people and empowering those people to bring the skills that they have. And the nice thing about our organization is it seems big in scope because we're across the country with 28 programs. We can come up with an idea Monday, try it Tuesday, evaluate it Wednesday, and integrate it in other cities Thursday, or throw it in the garbage can if it doesn't work. And so, so much of our evolution has because we've tried something in Toronto and taken it across the country, or a volunteer lived in Edmonton and now he's moved to Winnipeg and he's brought something and he's done with them. Our, you know, our, our philosophy is once a hero, always a hero, and applies to our volunteers too. We've had volunteers move between cities. We've had kids move between cities. You know, when you're a low-income family, you, you often end up quite transient. You move neighborhood to neighborhood or city to city. Kids take their gear and their jersey with them and, and join another program there. And, and it's, it's just really about using our, our people resources. You know, I know the word human resources means something different, but using our people resources and the gifts that our volunteers have um, to, to take Norm's passion for that thing he started 20 years ago and, and, and turn it into to this amazing experience for these kids every week. That's cool. And I have firsthand experience of that at the Regent Park program. You know, same thing interacting with some of the police officers that volunteer and, and asking them why they come out and and do they see these kids or families in different lights. And it's I think it's it's beneficial for both kind of the volunteers as well as the kids. Um, and the story you brought up, I remember hearing something similar when I was volunteering at the Moss Park program. It's just, it's really cool to see the community come together, whether it's, you know, the volunteers, the teachers, or the, the folks from the community centers or boys and girls clubs, the police officers are all coming out and bringing different experiences onto the ice. And even in the dressing room with the kids, which is, which is really cool. 
our kids are so engaged to a point where we had a Stanley Cup winner uh, come on the ice with us a few years ago, and he wasn't allowed on the ice because one of the kids said, hey, you got to wear a helmet. You can't come on the ice if you don't wear a helmet. <laughs> so like, our kids are totally engaged. And once they buy in the experience, they teach the experience. And one of the experiences, of course, is safety on our part. So no one gets no one gets no one gets past the gate without having to go through our kids. And that's hence our volunteers really try and teach them where that line is of what you can do and what you can't do. You know, if I look at heroes pre pandemic and post pandemic and as we get out of this, you've done a lot of stuff for, you know, the 12 communities, the 28 programs across the country to really, you know, help the kids and communities do different things and, and experience different stuff. You know, there is a component of heroes where, you know, Norm, you're probably the head sales guy and Kevin, you're the head ops guy. How, how do, how do you bring this all together from an organizational standpoint to, to put on these programs and what help do you need from, from the community? Well, we continue to knock on doors every day. I mean, we don't apply for government grants. I mean, um, it's, 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 we, we, we really rely on the communities and the open hearts of people living in their communities. And we've got some wonderful corporate sponsors right now that, uh, some of them are home ice partners who, who wanted to basically adopt an entire program within their province or within their city. Uh, we've got individual family foundations that, you know, have got some, um, you know, mental health issues within their own home that they really want to give back to support, you know, programs like ours. Um, we've got programs running right now where we know that families are hurting for food. And so we've got food programs that we're partnering up with other charities and we're identifying our family with some needs. So I really didn't enjoy, like, I really didn't enjoy that, 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 that phrase that says, or that, or that mantra that says it takes a community to support a child. But I'll tell you one thing, it really does. And it takes a community of not only households, but it takes a community of businesses that really care about giving back. And um, I mean, we focus on youth and athletics and athletics is hockey for us. And we use that as a springboard to success. And we use that as an opportunity to introduce our kids to new opportunities. Because at the end of the day, we don't want any of our heroes coming back to Kevin or I or any of the volunteers and say, if you would have done this, I could have done this. Because we give them every opportunity we can. If they need new shoes, we'll buy them new shoes. If they need new clothes, because their torn jeans with the craft dinner stained t-shirt is not going to cut it to go to a job interview. We'll find someone, some way to get them interview clothes. If they don't know how to speak at an interview, we will do mock interviews for these kids because we truly believe in them. I mean, they are so resilient. It's just pushing them over that next line to get to the goal line. And that's what our enthusiasm, that's where, that's where, that's where our inspiration comes from. So, I mean, I mean we, we, we truly do believe that there are incredibly great community organizations and sponsors out there that, that, that would love to help in our cause. And we are so open for partnerships and we are so open 
to help you achieve your dream as a company and, you know, us achieve our dream. I think it would be a beautiful partnership. And so I always compare it to what I know and I know startup and that's what I've been doing the last six years working for a startup that's grown quite a bit in the last six years. And what's what's cool about the comparables is, you know, heroes, you count every nickel and dime that you you have. You know, I've you know, Norma, you're sharing the budget with me a while ago, but it's it really is you're spending the dollars in the right spot. So that accountability is is key to heroes. And Norm, you gave me a story, told me something a week or so ago about, you know, when somebody's handing you a check, you know, that's their money, whether it's a company, an individual, you know, in some cases, hockey teams in the communities are raising money for you. So, you know, that money is their hard earned dollars in some way, shape or form. And you need to spend that accordingly. You know, us at Staff will kind of treat that the same way. We're a venture backed company. We would not be in business if we didn't have the support of our our partners or our investors to to help drive our vision as a company forward. So I think it's it's really cool how you've kind of taken that scrappy mentality to to build it an awesome national program. Well, uh, Scott, we are still like getting the we dig in the corner, we get the puck out of the corner, we try and set the other people up for success. And uh, that we're, 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 we're a gritty organization, but we're a very innovative corporate organization. And uh, ideas promote growth. And we are you know, excited to grow right across Canada. We want to hit the Maritimes next. Um, we want to set up a superhero program. We've got great dreams for the next 20 years. And um, um, I'm, I've got, we've, we've, got, we've got a vision. And uh, 40 years down the road, when you're older with the kind of beard that Kevin has right now, you know, we'll be here in 20 years and talking. I'll still be the same. But, um, you know, we would, we, we'll be 30 programs even more in the Maritimes and helping more kids in more communities. You know, there's a whole bunch of organizations and community programs that could really you know, get value out of supporting something like Heroes. So you think of all the different large organizations that are focused on grassroots type programs heroes is the epitome of that within the 12 uh communities that you work with so you get the best of both worlds scott you get the grassroots feeling on a national level for sure two two last questions i have before we wrap it up one is you know you talked about different stories of of different kids you know one finishing law school and, and becoming a lawyer what's what's the one or two things you two are most proud of seeing over the last 20 years in the program we, so we had a young man in Edmonton who who came to Canada um, as a refugee and had lived much of his life in a refugee camp in Tanzania and um, just loved sports, was social, and the school said, Heroes, will, Heroes is the place for this kid. So showed up at the rink and... Um, as, as Norm mentioned, he just hit the ice and he started moving. Like you could tell that he had, he had, he was one of those kids who was born with a lot of athletic gifts and was played with us for a few years and had, you could see this incredible personality grow, but you could also see a burgeoning leader at a young age. He just, he just got it. And I think his life experience allowed him to understand that there's bigger things in the world than whether you've got the right game, you know, Nintendo DS or whatever. And so when he got to, um, Bantam age, so you, so first year U15, so he's 14 years old, decides he wants to try out for organized hockey. Well, the family had no financial resources. The family had no access to transportation, anything like that. So one of our volunteers said, I'll be his hockey dad. So took him to every practice, every game. 
goes to tryouts, first year is the last cut from Bantam AA. First year of organized hockey. So plays community hockey that year, goes back and says, I want to try out next year. I think I can make Bantam AAA. Well, he makes Bantam AAA. So second year organized hockey. And he, he could skate like the wind. And he was one of those kids who could get to the puck before anybody else could because of his skill or his, his speed and his skill. But because he hadn't played for a long time, as long as his peers, it was really evident that he didn't understand the game. So as he got older, the, the thinking part of the game wasn't there for him. Plays his first year of, of, they called it midget at the time now, so it would be U16 minor midget, makes midget AAA. Because, of course, why wouldn't he, right? And then next year he moves up to major midget, so U, U18, I guess they call it now. He's the last cut from AAA and says, mm, I'm going to quit. And at Heroes, our whole thing is, you know, th- you know th- this, is, this is when you develop the skills to be successful is when you push back against resistance and, you know, this kind of stuff. He goes, no, no, I've been playing rugby for the last couple of years. I just got a letter from Rugby Canada to come try out for the national program. <laughs> oh, OK, well, that makes, you know, why wouldn't it? Like, so anyways, so he moved into that stream. But here's the really interesting part. Um, every time he was supposed to travel around the world, he had to claim an injury because he didn't have his citizenship and he didn't have a Canadian passport and those sorts of things. So he was he was the quintessential Canadian young athlete who who had made the the made the team but couldn't represent us, and so uh, he he was in that program for a couple of years and then he said, well I, I I'm I'm quitting rugby. And same conversation with him now. He's nineteen or twenty. Going, what do you mean you're quitting? Well, I got into U of A, and by the way, I'll need a little bit of financial support, but I've been able to get all these scholarships. Um, and uh, just a couple of months ago, I got the email from him with the request to write a reference for law school. He wants to be an immigration lawyer and he wants to make sure that it's an easier pathway to citizenship for kids like him that come along. And and when you talk to that young man, he tells him it all started that first day he showed up at the rink and everybody there said, yes, you can. Right. That he, he can draw that straight backwards. Um, and the cool part of that story is, you know, I mentioned that that volunteer said, I'll take him to every practice and game. He might have been committing to a month. He did it for every year of hockey and every year of rugby that that kid played and is still a part of that young man's life. And And the young man's name is Juma. He volunteers in our program now. He's one of the leaders, and he's actually stepped into a leadership role in the ice where he runs ice times now. So it's it's that full circle that Norm talks about. And the amazing part is we have a million Jumas across the country who have achieved the same level of success relative to what their goals were, but have fought through those same barriers and refused to believe it's not possible. You moved to Edmonton, we put you on the ice with Juma. You wouldn't have thought in your life that you would be a a peer and a colleague on the ice with a kid whose life story was so different than yours. And you certainly wouldn't have believed that what brought you together with a kid who grew up in a refugee camp in Tanzania was the game of hockey. And in fact, that's the thing that does it, right? Like that's that's the profound stuff is that you just, you know, this is this is where we say it's not about hockey anymore. It's it's the rink is just the test tube and and it creates so many other little mini explosions that that take place outside of the rink and and make great things happen. And and that's our rocket fuel. That's what keeps us going, and that's what makes it so that 20 years from now we're still this organization will still be here, we'll still be doing doing the work that matters and still be working with great partners and, and have people like yourself that believe in the work that we're doing. 
I think that's cool. It's, you know, I, Heroes is a great program. Um, would challenge anybody that's interested to to reach out to you guys to volunteer or if, you know, from a fundraising standpoint, if there's any companies that are, or organizations wanting and wanting, wanting and willing to, you know, partner with Heroes, I think it's a, it's a kick-ass program. Um, so in saying that, you know, where, where can the folks that listen, listen in on this or, or see some of this on, on LinkedIn or other social networks, how can they reach out to you to either volunteer or understand more about how they can contribute from a financial standpoint? Obviously, social media is a great place to get a feel of what we're doing. Um, our website, heroeshockey.com, H-E-R-O-S is how we spell heroes, hockey.com. And you want evidence of a grassroots organization, you'll see a grassroots website. There's not a lot of bells and whistles there, but the meat is there. And norms of my contact information is there. And, and, and that, you know, like when we get this podcast done, then, then somebody can go and start answering the phones again, because this is it. We're the, we're the two staff members. So, um, (laughs) You know, if people want to reach out and talk to us directly, our contact information is there. As you can tell, we're happy to talk about what we do and about this organization and find ways for people to get involved and find ways for people to support us and invest in our our young people. I I love it. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for your time today and uh, all the best in the the coming weeks and months. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having us. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you're a fan of one-to-one, be sure to give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Catch you next time.